if you are a believer, like God's hand is on you and don't be afraid to step into ministry, step up to the plate and swing, you know, because <laughs> God is going to be the one who's directing you. God is gonna be the one who's like connecting the hit with the ball. Well, hey guys, welcome to the Decision Point podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hobson, president of Decision Point, where we are encouraging a generation of young leaders to stand for Christ, live for Christ, witness for Christ, and endure hardship for his name because he's worth it. And hey, what a great uh, semester we've had together with our very first podcast. Thank you so much to those of you who've been tuning in. Uh, thanks for those of you who have followed and subscribed and liked it and shared it on your social media. It's just been amazing to see the community that the Lord is building uh, and the team that the Lord is building of students and pastors and parents and teachers and supporters all across this nation who are burdened for this generation, who are praying desperately for God to save this generation and are saying, Lord, here I am, send me for my part in reaching the next generation with the hope of the gospel. And as we're bringing this calendar year to a close uh, with Christmas just around the corner, we thought we'd go out with one of our final episodes of 2023 and just have some fun. And to help me with that, I'm excited to welcome to the show, Joseph Golding. Joseph, welcome and thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm excited to be excited to talk with you. I know we were kind of talking about this earlier on uh, in the summer, so... Finally, yeah, excited to finally be here. Well, it's an honor to have you, and we're going to have a great time together. And I say just have some fun. We're going to have a lot of fun, but you're uh, a young man with a tremendous gift for music, uh, and we're going to be sharing some of that with us. Uh, but this isn't just fun music. This is music with a message that has some depth and substance to it. So uh, we're going to have some fun, and we're going to grow through it as well. But uh, for anybody who doesn't know Joseph Golden, Joseph uh, lives in Southern California, where he's born and raised as a, a hip-hop artist who has actually released over 50 songs and written 20 more. Uh, so before we get into your music, Joseph, would you just tell people about yourself? Where did you grow up? And uh, how old are you anyway? And how did you come to know the Lord? Yeah, so I have always lived and I grew up in Southern California. That's Orange County. If you don't know where that is, it's like it's like 20 minutes from Disneyland. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm 19 years old um, and I came to the Lord when I was 12. So all right. I always, yeah, I grew up in the church and I had always like known about Jesus. Um, but I think there came a point where I just kind of realized like, wait, there's kind of a difference between knowing about Jesus, but then like knowing him personally. And so, yeah, I reached a spot in my life where I acknowledged that. I was like, okay, God, like I need you. And so I confessed him as Lord and I accepted what he did for me. And that's how I came to know him. You grew up there in Southern California, you say 20 minutes from Disneyland. So I'm sure some people are wondering, okay, are you a Disneyland fanatic or are you like a way overrated? What, where are you with Disneyland? <laughs> um, you know what? I think Disneyland is cool. I used to think it was really overrated, but after recently, I'll say it's, I'll say it's worth the hype. That's what I'll say. It's worth the hype. Okay, we got you on record. So that's uh, that's nice to have that on the record. And then, okay, you're 19. So when did you graduate high school? Yeah, I graduated class of 2022. Class of 2022. Okay, and I know the answer to this, but also people might want to know, where where did you go to high school? <laughs> yeah, I was homeschooled um, under like a Christian homeschooling network. That's great. And uh, are you the uh, are you the first hip hop artist to emerge from your homeschool network there, or it was just was everybody throwing down the beats? Um, I believe I am the very first to emerge from that network. Well, it's a talented group. I know a lot of the families and uh, some of your even classmates. So you got a lot of people with a lot of different gifts from that amazing group you got to be a part of. So Joseph, okay, so you came to Christ at twelve. Uh, then tell us what were like your middle school years and high school years like, and what were some of the key spiritual influences like when you were in middle school and high school? I would say my key influences in in high school and middle school, definitely, well, well yeah, my parents, my parents have definitely played like a big role in my spiritual growth. And, and I remember like my dad, there, 
had been like spots in my walk with God where I, I wasn't really consistent with like reading the Bible and stuff. And I, every single day, my dad, whenever I, well, did you read the Bible yet? And I would just be like, uh, no, he's like, go do it. And so like, yeah, that was super key to like helping me have like a spiritual discipline uh, when it comes to like reading the word. Um, and my mom as well, like she's just been super like influential um with like my prayer life and just learning how to be respectful and things like that um and i definitely say my youth pastor my youth pastors um played a huge role in uh and key influence on my life especially through high school just discipling me and uh bringing the word every week and i, I definitely grew under him a lot if i were to add a th third person um, my senior year of high school is probably where I noticed the most growth. And, and I started going to our uh, college, like young adults group in my senior year of school. And yeah, so our, our young adults pastor just also played a huge, huge influence on my life through high school. Well, you have a lot to be th thankful for, my friend. Uh, I know your parents well. Your dad, of course, is one of our uh, amazing staff members here with Decision Point, doing an amazing work there in Southern California. And uh, man, you've got a lot to be thankful for and the family the Lord's given you. And great to hear about the pastors that have made an impact on you as well. Okay, so Joseph, so the Lord's given you a, a really phenomenal talent and uh, a growing platform as a hip-hop artist. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, how in the world did you first get into writing uh, music? And how did you first get into performing music? Honestly, I, I got into writing music because of my dad. Um, for those of you who are listening and don't know, my dad used to be um, a Christian rapper and he would put out music. Um, so he, he really got me like into writing music. I think one of the first songs I ever wrote was a feature on one of his songs. So yeah, that's kind of where it all started. And then kind of fast forward where I started taking it as my own. Um, man, I just had this crazy God moment in a prayer meeting and it was during a time where I was really doubtful about music and I was like, God, I think I'm just going to give up. Like, I think I'm going to quit. It's not for me. Uh, it's for other people, but not for me. I'm not, I'm just not cut out for it. <laughs> and, uh, man, I just went to one of these prayer meetings at our church and my sister were leading worship it was it was the usual it was kind of routine and after worship as soon as we got into this time of prayer it was the craziest thing i've experienced like it was almost as if god just totally isolated me from the whole room it was like i was in a completely different spot and he just started to show me like a timeline of every single time he's provided for me when it came to music and it was just like this list of questions remember when i provide a free guitar for you and then a free electric guitar and then free guitar lessons and then a free piano and you know free lessons for that and like remember when i provided a free recording studio for you to make music and record it and then the final question was like i've provided for you this far what makes you think i won't keep providing for you and then I was just back in the prayer meeting and I was so like, I was like, man, that was the craziest thing I've ever experienced. I think God is calling me to music. So that was, yeah, that's the story into why, I guess, and how I continued to keep making music and writing it. Um, yeah, that's amazing. So that's how you started writing it. Now, uh, how old were you when you did your first rap? I started rapping the age of four years old. Okay, what, were, what in the world? What were you rapping at four? I don't even remember the name of the I remember how it goes, but I believe it was by Beastie Boys. And <laughs> it was like, now here's a little story that I have to tell about three little brothers you know so well. I forgot the rest, but that was like the first song I ever learned. Most four-year-olds know like mom and no, and here you are rapping Beastie Boys. Was that just what your dad was blasting through the house when you were four? <laughs> yeah, actually, um, it would. he would always play it in the car, like when I was little. Um, that was like the go-to song. I remember I'd always ask him, Dad, can you 
donkey please song and then he'd play it and i'd start rapping it that is hilarious and you could probably rap the whole thing okay so tell us more about your dad you guys used to go into well you guys still do sometimes uh go in different uh settings and actually share the gospel uh by way of rap tell us about some of the things you and your dad used to do and are there any memories that stand out to you of just how you saw the power of the gospel at work as you and your dad were out getting it done rapping for jesus yeah way back in the days I'd say it was probably around roughly 10 years ago, but me and my dad would go to, yeah, a bunch of schools and a bunch of churches and we would rap together. And I mean, it was fun. Like I remember just, man, wherever he went, that's where I wanted to go. You know, like I just wanted to follow like that direction. And it was cool just to see like the responses from like high schoolers, when we go to high schools and junior highs, like they were, it was interesting because the ministry, like of us, the most common, like comments that we got was like, I'm so blessed by the fact that this is a father son duo, you know, because not a lot of people even have like a remotely good relationship with their father. And some people don't even have their father around right so the fact that you guys are not only have a good relationship but you're you two are doing ministry together um that was like the most common comment that we got of like people just being blessed just to see that happening you know so that's what i remember from it um and then yeah the gospel going out right that i yeah i mean it's it's it was similar to like what we do now right like you give the response and no, you just as you're speaking, you can see it in like people's faces, like, you know, what's going on in their heart. I feel like you can just see it in their face. And as you're preaching the gospel, like I just remember seeing people like super just zoned in, locked in, listening to every single word we were saying. And I think it was cool because the rap was almost like a hook, right? Like they're hearing the rap first and they're like, Oh, this is cool. And then we preach the gospel and they're like, Okay, I'm like there's some sort of like respect gained from the rap music first. So I think it was really awesome to see that used as a tool for the gospel. That's amazing. And you've been going into schools now around, actually around the country with Decision Point student leaders and and having that same impact, which has been amazing. I know our students love it every time you come into their schools. And thanks for the ministry you've been having. Um, and you came to our conference this summer and performed a piece that so we're going to actually have you share with us uh, in the second half of the show and walk us through that. But what a ministry you had to all of our students to kind of express their hearts and even their journeys and their stories through the piece that you shared. Uh, but you got some big fans, uh, Joseph. A lot of our student leaders have been listening to you every day since uh, that conference. And I asked one of them, uh, I think it, she wouldn't mind me sharing. Uh, Ellie is a big fan of yours, and uh, she's got a couple of your favorite, her favorite songs of yours, and a couple questions for you. So, okay, here's a question from one of your fans. So, Joseph, where do you draw inspiration for your music? It's interesting because I, I like to pull in a lot of different like subgenres within Christian hip hop. Um, but if I could generalize, I think some of my biggest inspiration have been uh, Andy Minio when it comes to like writing style and just creative genius. Uh, I've had like inspiration from like artists like NF when it comes to like cadences and just tonality, like the way I'm saying words and stuff like that. And then definitely like, you know, Lecrae and, and some, uh, some other artists. I got a, a good friend, his name's Zay Hill. And they got me into that like melodic, hip-hop scene that's fun to hear okay next question she sent in is how has being able to make music helped you with your relationship with christ man it's helped a lot i mean it's been it's been a good outlet like you know i always think of like david the psalmist and there's a lot of psalms of like lament in the psalms and it's it's been a really good outlet like when I'm going through some rough spots and I'm like, God, I just need to cry out to you. And this is the best way I can do it. Um, but it's also been like a good tool of like ministry, right? Cause we need to pour out as believers. And so it's been a really, really good place for me to 
reach as many people as possible and just walk in that calling that God has placed me in. Uh, it's a good form of worship and just like, Hey God, like here's everything, right? Just take it all. It's, it's expression to God, right? It's a gift. I've even had it be like a form of ministry to me. Like there's been times where I've, you know, been in the car and one of my songs comes on and man, it just hits, it hits me. Well, a message hits me and I'm like, geez, I needed to hear that. <laughs> Even if it's my own song, I needed to hear this message to like encourage me. So yeah, it's just been a different form of, of good things for my, for my walk. Well, you, you get to preach to yourself sometimes that way. That's fun to hear. Okay. And then final question on from one of your fans is how would you like uh, your music to impact the people who hear it? I would like my music to impact people in whatever way God kind of speak to them. Like a lot of the music I write is from personal experience. And so a lot of it is going to be geared towards people who can, I guess, relate to stuff that I have felt or dealt with. Um, but I've been trying to tap into writing music that is like, almost describing somebody else's story. So maybe I haven't necessarily walked through it personally, but I'm trying to, you know, gear it towards, hey, I've never dealt with this, but you have. And so like, let me show you that there's hope for you. Um, honestly, yeah, I just want people to, first of all, feel the love of God. I want people to know that there is hope. I want people to know that they can walk through this life feeling alone. Um, I want people to, I want believers to know that there is good Christian music that can edify their souls instead of, you know, feeding in spiritual junk. Um, I want believers to know that we, um, have to rise up and be strong and be courageous and trust in God and be, you know, mighty, uh, people of valor. Like that. I think those are some of the highlights of messages that I'm trying to get across to my that's great. And we're going to dive into one of your songs after the break that you shared at our conference. But you've re you've released over 50 songs and you've got some great ones out there. Uh, I know some people's favorites are uh, a song that I think is also a favorite of yours called Reflections. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Can you give us a couple lines from Reflections and tell us a little bit more about that song and what it is that uh, you find and people find so impactful about that one? Honestly, that so the ending is probably one of my favorite parts. Uh, the whole song is based around like me in two persons and then the Joseph from the Bible. So it's like three Josephs, I guess, so to speak. Um, and, you know, the first part is about me reflecting on myself and like, this is where I am and I feel and this is what I think should change uh, and then the next part is like a reflection of me responding correctly to negative change and me responding in a biblical way to like um just heartache and pain and hurt um and then the, like the last section is me finding some sort of connection with joseph and the bible and like Oh, he did that. Well, I did that too. Oh, he felt that. I felt that too. And just kind of like relating to that. Um, but yeah, more towards the end of the song, when I start to kind of like talk about that. So I say like, he told me, look into the word that's where I'll find the answers. I saw a heavy hearted man to, to a joyful dancer. I saw a man thrown into prison for stuff he didn't do. But instead of giving up, I saw this man keep pushing through. God was with him always. His name was Joseph too. He served Almighty Yahweh. I'm serving Yahweh too. His circumstance was daunting. I wonder if he knew the turn for good and the visions that he had were true. And I've had visions, but I've had things fall apart the same. Hey, I'm a dreamer too. I guess we share more than a name. And devils were overtime to have me quit in vain. But I know God will flip my story just like he did for Jay. So. <laughs> That's like a new bar for anybody like you and me who have a biblical name. Write a hip hop piece 
intersect in your life with whoever it is you're named after in the Bible. <laughs> and I hope you got a good character to work with. That's fantastic. I felt like I found it a lot easier to understand that story and pay attention to it because the guy's name was mine. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like I'm listening. <laughs> um, and it was funny because like I was going through some like, you know, rough patch in my walk and feeling like feeling like I was an outcast, feeling like I was the only one. And then God just brought me to the story of Joseph. And it was like this young guy who was outcasted, um, was maybe feeling alone, you know, feeling like feeling like nobody really understood where he is. And um and he just had visions of what God was going to do in his life. But then all of this, like, you know, stuff, I guess, happened to him. And maybe it felt in the moment like, God, well, what are you doing? Like, I thought you said this and I thought you were pointing me this way. But how can that be if I find myself here at the very bottom? And then he just had a moment through like in Potiphar's household. But then that was short-lived and it just all came crashing down again. And Joseph once again just finds himself at the bottom at this breaking point. And yeah, I mean, I, I found some sort of relatability with that, how we can just, you know, God will point us in a direction and you can have some visions of, of where you, you know, where you think God will put you in the future. And then when stuff happens that is unforeseen, you're like, well, God, well, what about that? What about that vision you gave me? What about the direction that I thought we were heading in? But the cool part is it was all part of the plan. You know, Joseph had to go through the breaking in order to see breakthrough. You know, like you can't have breakthrough without first being broken. So, yeah, it was just, it was a really needed lesson. And I found myself like just really into that story. That's a great reflection. What a great thing. I'm sure your folks must have been uh, encouraged hearing that thinking, man, that name we gave them is, uh, it's working out okay. (laughs) Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to have Joseph share with us a song that he performed at our student leader conference uh, just this past summer. And just a teaser, Joseph is actually going to be coming back to our student leader conference in Denver, Colorado this summer, July 15 to 19. Uh, And he's actually going to be the guest performer for the week. So if you haven't yet registered for Student Leader Conference, you're not going to want to miss it. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We'll be right back. Yeah, I've been crying out every night starts to feel the same. And I've been running out of tears to express all my pain. It's taking all of my energy. Lots of people were friends of me. Hey, it's Heather. What if you could spend one week this summer with like-minded students that love Jesus and together want to reach this generation with the gospel? I want to invite you to join us for Decision Point's Student Leader Conference 2024. Come be equipped to live, stand, and witness, and even endure for Christ in your everyday life. We'll be there in Denver, Colorado this summer, July 15th to the 19th. Students, youth pastors, and leaders will gather from across the country to worship the Lord, be trained up, prayed up, and then go back to reach their schools and generation with the gospel. Dynamic guest speakers will equip you in your faith. We'll talk apologetics. You'll hear from culturally relevant speakers that don't shy away from a biblical worldview, equipping you in even hard conversations you may face today. Come be trained in your leadership. Hear how to reach your school and peers for Christ and grow in your evangelism as we get to go downtown witnessing in Denver. You'll get to meet like-minded believers that will encourage you and even build lasting friendship. You'll have unforgettable memories and truly it is a week that can change everything. I can't wait to be at SLC 2024 with students like you from across the nation. So what are you waiting for? Go register today slc2024.org. Tell your youth pastor about it. Come with a group of students from your youth group or Christian club and register today at slc2024.org. That's slc2024.org. Hey, 
Well, welcome back. Um, my guest today is Joseph Golding. And Joseph, it's been so fun having you. Thanks for being here. Fun to hear a little bit more of the creative process and even the the spiritual journey process on even just that last song, Reflections, that you shared. Okay, well, we want to get to your song, I Have Decided. Just to set the context for this uh, decision point is helping students around the country lead an outreach called I Have Decided. And it really has become kind of a battle cry for our mission, uh, for our staff, for our students around the nation to say, you know, though none go with me, uh, still, I'm going to follow Jesus. No turning back. Like I have decided to follow Jesus, to embrace the high call that Christ has on my life and to invite everyone around me to also uh, become a follower of Jesus too. Uh, and you stepped into that with just a, an anthem for us that you gave us that conference. Uh, first of all, how did this song come about in your heart and mind? So the Medinas asked me to put together a song for SLC. And I was like, okay, I got you. <laughs> and uh, I, I sort of procrastinated it, <laughs> but I feel like procrastination when it comes to music at least helps me to kind of kick it into gear whenever I'm I don't know it helps me like put myself under a sort of pressure so that I can finish things quicker and more efficiently so like I sort of procrastinated it and then what I tried to do was I tried to look for like a few beats that I thought would like work with the song and I could not find anything and I was sort of like oh no, this is not good. Like I can't find a beat that I can start to write to and I only have like a few weeks left. So then like two weeks before the conference, I finally found the perfect, I was like, this is the one, let's start writing. Um, but the reason that was kind of stressful was because even I had two weeks, um, I really only had one week because I was going to go on a mission trip the the week prior to SLC. So I had one week to write the song and to record it and to memorize it. And I was like, dude, I don't know what to do. So I prayed. I was like, God, I really need your help. Um, I got to get this done. It was like the end of the week too. So it was maybe like Thursday or a Friday and I had to leave on like Sunday or Monday. So I was like, God, please help. Please bring words to me. And would this be for your glory? Finish praying. Amen. And then I just started playing the beat, got out my phone, and it just happened. Like it just, everything was coming to me. I probably one of the fastest songs I've ever written. Like it was just like, boom, boom. Okay. I'm going to record that so I don't forget it. All right, next part. Do, 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 do. And I'm just writing out these characters. And like, as I was writing it out, like the thought came to mind, like, okay, I want to address this specific person because, you know, this song was written um, not in my traditional style, like personal experience, but I was trying to write it to describe five individual like characters. Um, well, but five being the, the audience or the listener, I was trying to write it in a way that I was describing their story to them so that they're listening and they're like, oh, this is me. You know, so yeah, it was a really, really interesting song. It was the first time I had ever written uh, in that sort of style. Um, but it was great. I mean, it turned out good, I think. Well, can, can we hear it? Sure. All right, let's roll it. Hi, this is my journey, hate to admit it, but I'm still learning I know that's expected, but I'm so prideful, I think I know it all up until I fail Ain't it funny? God, I know that I need help, I'm sinful Hate to admit that I struggle abysmal, God is so bad, am I forgiven? You say that I am, yeah, uh, how can you use me when I am so arrogant? I wanna reach people cause it's imperative, God I'm so scared that I don't fit the narrative Am I too broken to break through the barriers? What if I am? You say I can, but I feel like I can't What if I fail and what if I stumble? God, I'm too prideful, I'm never humble, yeah, what if all the pressure that I'm carrying is too much for me and I crumble, huh? Everyone at school around me knows me as the Christian, so what if I tumble, huh? God, I'm asking for some clarity. Prayers up, I know you're hearing me. You painted clearly in the scripture that no one's too broken to be used for ministry. Hi, this is my journey. Grew up in church, spent my whole life learning about the gospel. All the 
apostles All of the stories I, I heard them a lot Yo, I've been a Christian since I can remember Picking my cross, never been a pretender I've never wavered, I've been going strong my whole life for the Savior But that is my struggle, let me explain See, I never turned to the drugs or the alcohol I came out purity, my knee never bowed at all Sometimes I feel like I don't have a story How could God use me when I'm not that important? How do I reach out the lost and the broken? I've never been in the shoes, I'll be open What if they just don't relate? And what if I don't know the pain? Wait, maybe that's it I guess that I do have a story is this I never left God, I've been a fighter Through all the lows, I learned how to go higher When most people give up, I chose to keep pushing God was my strength, when I fell, he's my cushion Plenty of people got stories like mine Keep your head up and keep fighting for line Yeah, hi, this is my journey I've been getting bullied, they say that I'm nerdy They laugh, cause I run the Christian club They say there's no hate like the Christian love And I try to tell them it's not true But they reject me, God, what do I do? And Jesus, would you do a work in their hearts? Cause I'm trying to lead them to you And I pray for them every day I'm accused of hating the gay But truthfully, I really love them But they think I see myself above them But I do everything to stay lowly I wanna reach all of the lonely And tell them that there's hope for them too And show them that they're not the only Yeah, hi, this is my journey Speaking of lonely, I've been at it hurting Cause I'm the only Christian in my family I beg God to keep them from tragedy And I pray every day for salvation Faithfully, I have been waiting I hope every day that they're changing Praying for souls awaken And I hope to be a great evangelist so delivered from cannabis and i've seen god do many miracles i have faith that it work in my pure souls i have faith that it work in my family too it's total depravity without you anyone can come to know christ personally i am living proof hey this is your journey welcome to ministry glad that you're yearning for the lost souls to hear the gospel for revival and making disciples there's muslims turning to jesus there's atheists turning to jesus transgenders turning to jesus suicidal kids turning to jesus and they're all coming to an outreach to hear the gospel being now preached these are real stories of real people real hearts turning from evil and there's so many students are crying they want to know god they've been dying but they need somebody to tell them the question is have you decided oh joseph <laughs> that's amazing oh my goodness wow well, Joseph, I'll never forget being there when you uh, first came out on stage and just raised the roof. And it was <laughs> amazing to see not just the fun, the energy, but just to see how impactful that was for everybody right out of the gate. Uh, so thanks for sharing it and praise God for and appreciate you giving him the glory for that. Uh, walk us through the song. Would you, you mentioned this is the story of several characters. Uh, tell us about this first character. Who is this person and what what's their story? Yeah, so the first character, um, that would be, I wanted to gear it towards like somebody who is kind of like feeling discouraged because they feel like they're disqualified from ministry. Um, mainly because of either past mistakes, like I've done too many bad things, like, God, I can't serve you. Or it's even like, um, just a current, like mistake that they made, like, you know, maybe they lost their temper and, and right, you know, lost their temper and, and cursed somebody out right before in the gospel or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's it's kind of geared towards that type of person who's like god like who am i to serve you after all that i've done like after, like knowing who i am i know that sense of hey i'm i'm a sinner and who am i to be serving god can certainly uh, both be a, a, a genuinely good feeling that we should have. I mean, it's true. We are sinners. And who in the world do we think we are that we get to serve God? What a grace that God lets us serve him, despite the fact that we're all sinners. Uh, sometimes it can be the devil in our ear. Like, what do you think you are, Joseph? I mean, I know I got your file. You think you get to go serve God? I know what you did when you were 14. Yeah, <laughs> that's from the devil. Uh, but how yeah. how have you actually dealt with that sense in your own life? And what have you found helpful to actually overcome some of those lies that maybe Satan would even be throwing at you? Learning to accept God's grace, which is sometimes hard to do, actually. Um, but it's it's been key in moving forward from your mistakes and who you are. Um, like, yeah, just, just learning like, okay, God, I know that you love me. And like, this is an exercise that I do um, whenever I'm feeling like discouraged about like, oh man, like I totally, I totally messed up. Like I, you know, 
who am I to, to serve God? An exercise that I run through is like, okay, let's pause. God, let's, let's, let's talk about who you are and how you see me. Because right now, all I'm seeing is myself. <laughs> um, I think the, the key step is taking your eyes off yourself and putting them back on God. What does God say about you? Who is he? What is his character? Okay, God, I know that you love me. I know that you've given me grace and that your grace does not run out, um, but it's always there for me. And I can always turn to you, know that I'm your child and that you accept me with open arms. Um, and then like, if there's a few scriptures I can share, like, man, these in two fundamental scriptures, but acknowledging that you're chosen, like Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship, Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Like God chose you to do ministry, like knowing that you would mess up, knowing that there's going to be some character flaws here. You know, he called you into it, knowing all of that beforehand but he still chose you because he's so gracious and because yeah, he's so loving. So understanding who God is and his grace has helped him move through that. And then the, the other verse I wanted to share was Romans eight uh, one. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. No condemnation. It's, it's that. And, and learning to accept that is, is fundamental because a lot of times we can either condemn ourselves um, or just listen to the enemy who is the accuser of the righteous day and night. Those are powerful scriptures. And I think it's so important that we will let those sink into our hearts uh, to know that there is no condemnation, right? That, and that God did cr create us for good works, which isn't that neat to know that God prepared all the good works that he's given you before you were even born. Yeah. I mean, that's just got to be so fun. I know it is for me to just see, wait a minute, any good thing that I'm doing for God, he he prepared it in advance. And that's that's exciting. I think, you know, as I think about this first character, I, I, I think there's encouragement there for anybody who is feeling that sense of discouragement of how could God use me. I know there is still the word of admonition to say, well, let's not ignore the fact that, you know, there, there are some things that we could do in our lives that really would actually have God say, I guess I can't use Joseph uh, yeah. for ministry like I thought. I, he has now crossed the line and has got himself into some disqualifying sins. So yeah. I just would love to share even just as a word to you know, students to say, First Corinthians nine twenty seven. Paul said, okay, I do have to discipline my body. I have to keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should become disqualified. So I don't want to take all, all word of admonition against, you know, hey, don't, don't flirt with sin. Put it to death. Yeah. And there yeah. are some things that we could do that God would have to say, okay, you're going to have to uh, take some time off on the side to repent and be restored. So let's not get into that stuff in our lives. But anyway, I love your heart. Uh, yeah. for encouraging people like this first guy. Okay, uh, move us forward in your song. You say uh, there's five characters. Who is this second character and what's what are some of their hangups? Our second character in this journey uh, is somebody who also feels disqualified for ministry, but it's not because of the wrongs that they've done or just past mistakes or baggage that they're carrying. It's actually because they feel like they haven't enough bad things <laughs> and that's funny how we're so goofy as people we can we can feel like we're disqualified because we've done too much bad stuff or not enough bad stuff what's up with that yeah yeah and i think this comes from like man there's like such a big um i guess idea that a lot of people have when it to sharing your testimony is like oh well i have to have been a previous drug addict and now restored in order to have a powerful story or in order to reach people that's what i have to have and if i don't have it then i'm not different ministry and that like seems to be a, a mentality that quite a few christians like will carry um <laughs> So my encouragement to somebody who's feeling that way is like, wait, hold on. 
you know, don't limit God's power. Um, any testimony is a testimony. It's a story regardless of what you've been through. And something to keep in mind is like, not everybody can relate to being a drug addict and then finding restoration. And not everybody can relate to being an ex-alcoholic. Like some people have never touched drugs in their Some people have never been drunk in their life. And so what happens is if we have too many, or if, if everybody has a story or, or every, I'll say, if every Christian has a story of, yeah, you know, I came from a broken home and, and, you know, my, my parents were, were this way or, yeah, you know, I, I got into drugs at a very young age and, and it wasn't till 35 that I got sober. Like if every Christian has that sort of story, then what happens when there's certain like non-believers who have never touched drugs in their life, who never came from a broken family? You're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I don't need Jesus anymore because like I've, I'm not really broken enough for me to need him. And then it's like, no, 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 no. Everybody needs Jesus. Um, regardless of whether you did drugs or not, you still need Jesus. Why? Because we're all sinners and the wages of sin is death. So yeah, I, I would want to encourage you. Like there's going to be people who, who relate to your story of never touching drugs, never doing alcohol, um, keeping your purity right through high school and, and college and, and things like that like there's going to be people who relate to that and your story really has um power to connect with them right because now they know oh i don't have to destroy my entire life in order for me to need jesus i need jesus right now currently in the state that i'm in yeah, it's such a great word. And, you know, it's, uh, of course, ultimately, our hope for any fruit of ministry isn't that people can relate to our story, but they come to actually understand Jesus' story of what he's done for them and how much they need him. Uh, but I love that encouragement, you know, I, I, of how God uses all stories. I mean, obviously, so we think of Tim Tebow. He's obviously a little bit out of the NFL now, but I think he's still uh, rightly famous. It was amazing watching him hit the scene when he was in college and just tearing it up, you know, Heisman Trophy award winner and, you know, incredibly vocal, uh, you know, evangelist for the Lord, you know, wearing John 316 under his eye black and all that stuff. And he gave a press conference one day. And of course, Tim Tebow was a missionary kid. I mean, he'd been following the Lord faithfully his whole life, probably like all of us had his ups and downs, but doesn't seem to have had any story of some wild misspent youth and then getting right with God, like just seemed to have been following the Lord faithfully like this character did. And he gave a press conference one day and they were asking about, you know, his sex life, you know, and he's, yeah, I'm a virgin and plan to stay that way until I get married. And uh, the reporter was just dumbfounded, didn't even know what to say. And Tim Tebow starts giving him a hard time. He's like, well, you're, you're, what's up with this? You're a reporter and now you're speechless. You don't even know what to do with the fact that I just, like, I just follow God. It's not that complicated. And what a witness yeah. just that I've been faithful to the Lord every step of the way can really be. Uh, okay, yeah. Joseph, I loved how you wrote it. You said, okay, maybe, but you also then help this character know that they've got a story too. And I love how you put it. Um, I guess that I do have a story. It's this. I never left God. I've been a fighter through all the lows. I learned to go higher when most people give up. I chose to keep pushing. God was my strength when I fell. He's my cushion. I mean, and then encouraging them, just keep your head up and keep fighting front lines. That, uh, to me, was such a great part of this character. So thanks for that encouragement. Okay, I want to move us into character three because, man, this this got so real. You start talking about character three saying this, and of course it's cooler coming from you, but I'll, I'll read it for you and you can interact with it. You said, hey, this is my journey. I've been getting bullied. They say that I'm nerdy. They laugh because I run the Christian club. They say there's no hate like the Christian love. And I try to tell them it's not true, but they reject me. God, what do I do? I mean, bring us into this third character and even some of the thought process as you were writing this this powerful set of lines here. This actually somewhat came from inspiration of a story that had been shared with me about a student, one of our student leaders, actually. Um, and I was kind of thinking like, whoa, like this is their, this is this kid's reality. Like they're actually, you know, getting bullied because, because they are a Christian club leader. And that's the only reason they're, they're being bullied. Um, so I wanted to 
I wanted to gear it towards that, you know, kid because I figured, man, there's there's so many other students who are facing that, and there's so many other students <laughs> walking through that, and I want them to know that they are seen, like. <laughs> Hey, look, like, I see what's going on. And like, cause it's when you're, when you're receiving uh pushback and hatred, a lot of times it can feel like, man, nobody's on my side. And so if they can know, like, actually you have so much support, like you've got an army behind you, man. Like keep pushing, keep going. Like, you know, just even just those simple words of encouragement can push a kid um, and can keep them going and doing ministry faithfully. So I wanted I wanted that to be like a, a, an encouragement. But yeah, I mean, like, especially that line, they say they hate like the Christian love. Dude, I've heard that so many times and it's just gut-wrenching. I'm like, oh, how can you say that? Like, how are you going to say that to me? Like, you don't understand. You have no idea what you're talking about. Like, if only, and I, I wanted to get behind part of like, if only they knew, if only they could see right. what it was really like. Um, and then going into that, that last line you were talking about, right? Like, um, it was like, let's see, what do I do? Right. God, what do I do? They reject me. Um, and like my, when I was writing it, I felt like God gave me like, a a way to experience the emotion that whatever student who's going through that was feeling like I almost felt it as if it was happening to me. So it helped me to like mm. write it um, in a lot better of a way. Well, I love how you, you enter into that, just that agony, but then you're okay. Like you direct the prayer to God, like, God, what do I do here? And that's something, what a key for those moments to say, God, I mean, this is, this is not going like I want. I, I, I'm I'm okay standing Lord, but I want people to be one to Christ, but they're they're rejecting and making all these accusations. So okay, this character's turning to the Lord in prayer, which is such a great example. And then it's it's still praying for them. So it's standing strong, but it's standing strong, not hateful, not spiteful, not retaliating evil for evil, but still praying for those that are even in some real ways persecuting this character. And uh, and still hoping for them to have their eyes open to the the true love of Christ that is better than anything they could uh, ever imagine. I remember actually watching you do. We had you do this opening night, but it was such a great success. We had you come back for closing night, and of course, if you remember that that night, you know we actually had Jack Phillips with us. And for anybody who doesn't know Jack Phillips, you know Jack is a he's a Christian baker uh, there in the Colorado, the Denver, Colorado area. And something like 13 years ago uh, at his own Christian, his own bake shop, Masterpiece Cake Shop, he had two guys walk in and ask him to bake a custom cake for their quote unquote gay wedding. And he just graciously told him, you can, I can sell you anything else from my shop and I can bake a cake for any other occasion. Uh, I just can't bake one for that because it goes against my religion and I don't bake anything that goes against what I believe in. I don't bake Halloween cakes. I don't bake, you know, all sorts of other things I turn down. I'll serve you anything else you want and I can create a custom cake for you for other things. I just can't do that. And with that, they flipped him the bird, walked out, uh, turned around and sued him. And 13 years later, he's still in legal battles to this day. And his whole world got turned upside down. And so we had him, as you recall, share his story that morning. But I was actually standing with him when you were performing this and your line, I'm accused of hating the gay, but truthfully, I really love them. They think I see myself above them, but I do everything to stay lonely. I want to reach all the lonely and tell them there's hope for them too. I, I just was thinking, man, Jack's story is, I mean, he's in some real ways, this guy and a great example to us of how, if this is something that a student's going through, man, you can kind of apply some of this stuff from Joseph's song and you can be a guy like Jack Phillips. And uh, what a great encouragement that was. Anything else you want to say about this third character before we get into the fourth? It's it, it's still a reality, yeah. And it's super relevant to to a lot of students today. I know there's been pushback um, even from like the LGBTQ community. And it's, it's hard to experience because it's like, man, if only they knew that like I genuinely care about them but they don't see it. And so it's, it's kind of 
it's heart wrenching. All right. Well, you got two more characters to go here. So, man, it just keeps getting intense and uh, all the way through the finish line here. Take us into character four and maybe share some of the lines that you wrote because I know it's been just a minute since we just listened to the song. Because um, this is this is good stuff here. This is a Christian student who is on fire for God, um, but but at the same time they 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 feel lonely. Um, they feel lonely and they their heart is hurting because they're the only Christian in their family. And so their dilemma is like, man, it's not that like, you know, it's not that I'm receiving pushback from, you know, people who are strangers and I can, I can handle that. Right. And David writes something similarly in the Psalms, but it's their own family who is sort of persecuting them and, and kind of, pushing back against their faith. And so they feel lonely and they're hurting because, man, I'm, I'm not only receiving kind of rejection from my own family, but I have this heart of like, I just hope for them to receive the truth. I hope for them to be saved, but they're lost. And it hurts to see your own family lost because it's like the thought of, well, what happens, you know, like if they don't receive Christ, then, you know, that's my family, man. Like, what's going to happen? Like, what do I do about this? And so I really wanted to speak into that person's life because, yeah, I mean, that's also a reality. There's plenty of Christian leaders or student leaders who are maybe the only Christian in their, in their family and their parents aren't saved, their siblings aren't saved and they may feel like an outcast and they just have this heart to see their family come to know the truth. And, know that that's the only way um but sadly their family members just don't see it and so there's kind of like a yeah it's painful painful to experience but there's a flip around point and i want to touch on that you know this student says they i pray for salvation faithfully i've been waiting I hope every day that they're changing, praying for souls awakening, and I hope to be a great evangelist. They have they have dreams, they have aspirations of just, you know, evangelizing everywhere, wherever God sends them, right? I've seen souls delivered from cannabis, and I've seen God do many miracles. I have faith that it'll work in my pure souls, faith that it'll work in my family too. Um, and the cool flip around, this is like, look, Anybody can come to know Jesus. Personally, I'm living proof. Why? Because they're the only Christian in their family. They didn't grow up in the church. They didn't have that exposure to God. You know, it's like they were in the world. They were of the world, but they came to know Jesus. And if they can come to know Jesus, anybody can. Uh, So it's just this total flip around of a changed life. And uh, there's faith there. You know, they have faith that God. And still work in their family's life and they're praying for it expectantly right um so if you find yourself in that situation i just want to encourage you like pray with expectancy you know man my youth pastor said something that like really got me thinking maybe a year ago but he was like look prayer is powerful right and we can pray for people to get saved and you know jesus talks about like praying with the expect but obviously like there's certain things that we can pray for and it happens because we ask god there's other things like we can't pray into the kingdom in the sense of like god i pray right now or i declare that they be saved in the name of jesus like it obviously it's it comes to their choice to christ but here's what we can do we can bring down like spiritual strongholds in their lives and we can be praying against the enemy's warfare and fusion in their life you know like we can pray and bring down those things so that their vision can be opened up to see the truth um because right now you know the enemy has blinders over their eyes but we can pray against that so that their eyes be open and they can see christ for who truly is you know i think the the prayer part of that is what grabbed me the most obviously i this isn't my story insofar as i'm not the only christian in my family i grew up in a christian home and i'm grateful for that uh like crazy but I just, I loved it. And it grabbed me just that I'm praying for souls awakened. 
and that longing to just say, whatever your family life is like, let's be people that are praying that way, whether it's for unbelievers in our family, unbelievers at our school, and praying for God to do a great awakening. And then I also just loved how this character, you encourage them to say, I, I want to be, how do you say it? Um, I hope to be a great evangelist. I think, you know, this is a great and loft, uh, noble calling that what a great thing to encourage young people to say, you know, you can actually want that for your life. <laughs> it's a great, great thing. So thanks for that. Okay, Joseph, we got to bring us home. The fifth character, uh, I'm going to have to ask you, put you on the spot one last time. Would you give us the whole ending of this song? And tell us about the character, whatever order you want to do it in. But would you bring us home with this guy? Because this is just a great way to end our show today. Yeah, absolutely. So character five is you. The oh, it's me. <laughs> like like me, me, or, or everybody, me? Everybody, everybody. Everybody, okay. Um, but I say, this is your journey. Welcome to ministry. Glad that you're yearning for the lost souls to hear the gospel, for revival and making disciples. There's Muslims turning to Jesus. There's atheists turning to Jesus. Transgenders turning to Jesus. Suicidal kids turning to Jesus. And they're all coming to outreach. They hear the gospel being now preached. These are real stories of real people. Real hearts turning from evil. And there's so many students that are crying. They want to know God. They've been dying, but they need somebody to tell them. The question is, have you decided? Oh, my goodness. This last section actually took me the longest. Um, I was kind of trying to. So in SLC, I said, welcome to SLC. You know, it's kind of like a little thing. But that step into welcome to ministry, like it took me so long to write. Even just like three sentences out of that closing part, because I was trying to figure out like, okay, how do I address everybody in this crowd? And how do I bring it home? And how do I just leave them wanting more, right? Not not only wanting more of God, but how can I leave them like with an action step? Like I want to call them to action. Like how do I do that? And so I just spent so much time just sitting there in silence, just kind of like waiting for something to pop up. And then it started to come to me. Um, and I was like, okay, I've got it. The song that I've decided, what do I actually want these students to decide? Like, what do I want to get them to, to do? And um, I kind of left them on a decision point. Whoa. Where I was like, Okay, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Um, I'm First, I'm going to paint what needs to be done. You know, there's students who are yearning, who are longing for hope. There's students who are longing for truth. They are searching for it actively because they, are, they need to find it. I mean, they're on the path of searching for fulfillment in this life. And they've tried all these different avenues. And now they hear... Hey, Christian Club's doing an outreach. Okay, I'm going, I'm there, I want to know. But in order for there to even be a Christian Club outreach on your campus for the Muslims, atheists, transgender students, suicidal kids, like those four that I listed who are actively being saved. And, and like I mentioned, real stories of real people. Everybody that I've mentioned are students that I've witnessed get saved at these outreaches. So it's like, these students, I want to bring it to life. Like, guys, get the picture. In order for them to actually have the chance to respond at your school, you have to decide, are you going to be the leader? Are you going to rise up? Or are you, like, even like, are you going to join the Christian club and be part of a movement that's being initiated? Are you going to take that action step? Have you decided? Because it's up to you whether you want to see these people read or not. You know, like we can go on and on about, oh, man, this world is just so messed up. And if only something would change. It's like, no, hold on. Be the change. You can be part of this. Like, I I think I don't I don't think a lot of people realize that or understand that. Look, 
you are a contributing factor to change happening. If you want to see it done, get it done. Like it's, you know, trust in the Lord. Like if God can use Moses to lead an entire, you know, people of Israel who were stubborn and grumbling. And if God can use Moses who had his own, you know, flaws, right? He had his doubts about entering an industry. God, I'm not equipped. God, I'm not able. Use somebody else. I'm not the one. And God was like, you are the one, man. Because guess what? I'm the one. Like it was God's hand who was on Moses. And that's why he was able to do it. So like, man, like, I just want to encourage you, like God's hand is on you. If you are a believer, like God's hand is on you. And don't be afraid to step into ministry, step up to the plate and swing, you know, because <laughs> God is going to be the one who's directing you. God is gonna be the one who's like, connecting the hit with the ball maybe you don't have good vision maybe you don't have good accuracy it does not matter because if god is for you who then can be against you and and there's no like shortcoming that god can't move past because he's much greater he's much greater than us he's much greater our faults he's much greater than our flaws and our you know lack of qualifications and experience and things like that so you sure hit it out of the park with this last um this last verse here joseph uh the need just comes through so loud and clear but then also the sense of god is already on the move and you get to join him in that uh, and i love how much you captured the prayer of our mission for revival and making disciples uh and muslim kids atheist kids transgender kids suicidal kids i think you know every year every new school year we actually issue a 30 day of prayer or 40 days of prayer and ask everybody connected to our ministry to pray every day for 30 days, 40 days for the new school year, for the needs our ministry has, yes, but more the needs that this generation has for Jesus. And every year we actually ask people to pray for these very people to come to know the Lord. And now we're seeing it happen every year. And I love how you said these are real stories because like in, in my mind as you're performing, I'm like, if you just pause the soundtrack and say, right. there's Muslim kids turning to Jesus, our students could fill a whole track of stories of the ways they're seeing that happen every year now. And yeah. as you put, you say, there's atheist kids turning to Jesus. I mean, if you just pause and let all the students in decision point across the country, tell stories of atheist kids, they know who are coming to Jesus that year, you could fill a whole track and so on uh, down yeah. the line. And so what an incredible thing, but it not, nothing happens unless we decide to go do something, does it? So, well, Joseph, we, uh, we're looking forward to having you back at our Student Leader Conference uh, 2024. I uh, can't wait to hear even what fresh material you might have to share and encourage us with. Hey, from your perspective, what was unique about the weekend? What do you hope, uh, why do you think students might want to come join us this summer? SLC is like the craziest conference, like in a good way, the craziest conference that I've ever like been a part of and i've been a, i've been to a lot of like christian camps and conferences slc is very unique like it's it's really really like focused on like one obviously feeding the students the word of god then there's like that whole sense of like community where we're all together and we're worshiping god and it's just amazing um but i think this is probably one of the very first Christian conferences or camps where like a big focus was sent on um, what's the word I want to use? I, oh, mobilizing, mobilizing Christian students. Like I feel like it's probably one of the ones where that was like a big focus and a priority of like, Hey, let's get you guys out there on the field. Like let's, Let's get it rolling. Like whatever you want, like you have a vision, let's get it going. Like let's raise you up. Let's coach you. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is, SLC is very unique in that way. Um, it's also unique in the sense that, you know, we bring guest speakers who talk about very, very relevant topics um, in relation to like your day by day life, um, especially in the school space, like in the school it's very focused in on like 
what you are going to encounter. So it's super helpful, um, especially with like this whole vision of like reaching every single student in your school. SLC is like the best conference you could attend for for that. Well, we can't wait to have you back and be there with you and students from across the country, youth leaders from around the country as well. So Joseph, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for what God's doing here. Thanks for keeping your eyes on the Lord and staying humble and swinging for the fences with your ministry. Uh, how can people find you on social media? How can they find your music online? On Instagram, my handle is joseph.golding. On TikTok, it's of Golding Official. And if you want to find my music on streaming platforms, just type in Joseph Golding. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Amazon, Tidal, most platforms. So, Well, we'll link to at least a couple of those in the show notes. And for anybody that doesn't know how to spell your last name. Yeah, that would be G-O-U-L-D-I-N-G. That's amazing. And then uh, final question for you. I have some students are out there hearing, wait a minute, this guy goes into schools and performs. Uh, how do I get him at my school? You can book me, um, talk to your coach and they can message me and uh, I'll send them my booking. And so that's how you can book me at your school. Yep. You can do that. Also, if you want to just write us at info at decisionpoint.org, info at decisionpoint.org. Uh, we'll get your request. No promises, but Joseph is going out and performing and sharing the word uh, through his incredible platform of music. And uh, it would be fun if we could hook him up, uh, hook you up with him coming to your school as well. All right, Joseph, thanks so much. Merry Christmas and uh, hi to your family for me. All right. All right. Thank you, Mark. Merry Christmas. Well, guys, thanks so much. That's a wrap. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, we've got a special episode coming for you next week. Uh, I'll be taking the week off as it's Christmas time. Uh, but I thought I'd share with you a message that I shared with our student leader conference a year ago uh, that dives into the gospel of John. Uh, John chapter three and it applies it to our life today, uh, looking at the true gospel that Jesus preached and even contrasting that with some of the false gospels of our day. So just to make sure we have something for you next week, we're going to share that message with you next week. I think you'll enjoy it. I hope it'll be an encouragement to you. After the first of the year, we've got a fantastic show lined up all about reading the Bible. Our guest is going to be uh, John Nielsen, who's a senior pastor of a church here in Wheaton, Illinois, and has written a new book called God's Great Story, a daily devotional for teens. So you're not going to want to miss that episode. And hey, you might even want to go ahead and buy that book ahead of time because it's going to be a great resource for you uh, as you want to read through the Bible next year and have a daily one-page devotional from that Bible passage. So you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, follow us, uh, rate, review, share the episode with your friend. There's so many people in your life that need to be introduced to Joseph's music and even the song that he shared today. So make sure you share that episode with them. We'll see you next time. Real stories of real people, real hearts turning from evil. And there's so many students are crying. They want to know God, they've been dying, but they need somebody to tell them. The question is, have you decided? decided.